Okay, before we start reading um, the next chapter, make sure you open your PDF so that you read along. It's very important that you read along while I'm um, reading. So you're not just listening, but you're also reading as I'm reading. It's a very good exercise to do that. Before we get started, you know what's next. We're going to relax. We're going to take a deep breath through your nose. Then hold your breath for a second. And then you're going to let your breath out slowly through your mouth. You're going to do that again. Take a breath through your nose. Hold it, and then release through your mouth slowly. Now I'd like for you to feel the energy that's in your hands right now. Just lay your hands flat, either on your lap or on a table. You probably have tension in your shoulders. Relax your shoulders. Take a breath through your nose slowly. Let it out very slowly. At the same time, relax your shoulders. If you feel any tension in your hands, it's okay to release the tension in your hands. Take a breath through your nose. Slowly. Release your breath through your mouth very slowly. Good. Okay, we're going to start reading. Okay, chapter five, which is on page 59. And um, go and find your PDF in Google Classroom. And you can pause now the recording Find your place on page 59 and read along with me. If you remember in chapter four, um, Johnny Boy, excuse me, Pony Boy and Johnny got into um, a bit of trouble and somebody helped them and they went on a, they had to get away from where they were. 
And so now here we are where they are now. They're inside a church in another town. And Dally does not know, excuse me, Dairy and Soda Pop do not know where they are, but Dally does. And um, they're in a big mess right now. There's a lot of trouble for them. Chapter 5. I woke up late in the afternoon. For a second, I'd, I don't know where I was. For a second, I didn't know where I was. You know how it is when you wake up in a strange place and wonder where in the world you are until memory comes rushing over you like a wave. I have convinced myself that I had dreamed, dreamed everything that had happened the night before. I'm really home in bed, I thought. It's late and both Dairy and Soda Pop are up. Derry's cooking breakfast, and in a minute he and Soda will come up and drag me out of the bed and wrestle me down and tickle me up until I think I'll die if they don't stop. It's me and Soda Pop. It's me and Soda's turn to do the dishes after we eat, and then we'll all go outside and play football. Johnny and Tubit and I will get Derry on our side since Johnny and I are so small, and Derry's the best player. <clears throat> I'll go like the usual week. It'll go like the usual weekend morning. I try telling myself that while I lay on the cold rock floor, wrapped up in Dally's jacket and listening to the wind rushing through the tree, through the dry, through the trees, dry leaves outside. Finally, I quit pretending and pushed myself up. I was stiff and sore from sleeping on the hard floor, but I had never slept so soundly. I was still groggy. I pushed off Johnny's jean jacket, which had somehow got thrown across me, and blinked, scratching my head. It was awful quiet with just the sound of rushing wind in the trees. Suddenly, I realized that Johnny wasn't there. Johnny, I called loudly, loudly, and the old wooden church echoed me. Annie, Annie. I looked around wildly, almost panic-stricken but then caught sight of some crooked lettering written in the dust of the floor. When to get supplies. Be back soon. J.C. I sighed and went to the pump to get a drink. The water from it was like, was like liquid ice, and it just tasted funny. But it was water. I splashed them on my face, and that woke me up pretty quick. I wiped my face off on Johnny's jacket and sat down on the back steps. The hill the church was... The hill the church was on dropped off suddenly about 20 feet from the back door, and you could see for miles and miles. It was like sitting on top of the world. When you haven't got anything to do, you remember things in spite of yourself. I could remember every detail of the whole night, but it had that unreal quality of a dream. It seemed much longer than 24 hours since Johnny and I had met Dally at the corner of Pickett and Sutton. Maybe it was. Maybe Johnny had been gone a whole week and I just and I had just slept. Maybe he had already been worked over by the fuzz and was waiting to get the electric chair since he couldn't tell there I and he couldn't tell where I was. Maybe Dally had been killed in a car wreck or something and no one would ever know where I was and I'd just die up here alone and turn into a skeleton. My overactive imagination was running away with me again. Sweat ran down on my sweat ran down my face and back, and I was trembling. My head swam, and I leaned back and closed my eyes. I guess it was pretty delayed. It was a, it was partly delayed shock. 
Finally, my stomach calmed down and I relaxed a little, hoping that Johnny would remember cigarettes. I was scared sitting there by myself. I heard someone coming up through the dead leaves toward the back of the church, and I ducked inside the door. Then I heard a whistle long and low, ending in a sudden high note. I knew that whistle well enough. It was used by us and the shepherd gang for who's there. I returned it carefully, then darted out the door so fast that I fell off the steps and sprawled flat under Johnny's nose. I propped myself on my elbows and grinned up at him. Hey, Johnny, fancy meeting you here. He looked down at me over a big package. I swear, Pony Boy, you're getting to act more like Tupid every day. I tried, unsuccessful, I tried unsuccessfully to cock an eyebrow. Who's acting? I rolled over and sprang up, happy that someone was there. What'd you get? Come on inside. Daly told us to stay inside. We went in. Johnny dusted off a table with his jacket and started taking things out of the sack and lining them up neatly. A week's supply of bologna, two loaves of bread, a box of matches, Johnny went on. I got tired of watching him do all do it all, so I started digging into the sack myself. Wee! I sat down on a dusty chair and stared. A paperback co copy of Gone with the Wind. How'd you know I was always wanted one? Johnny reddened. I remembered you saying something about it once, and me and you we went to see the movie, remember? I thought you could maybe read it out loud and kill time or something. Gee, thanks. I put the, I put the book down reluctantly. I wanted to start it right then. Peroxide? A deck of cards? Suddenly I realized something. Johnny, you ain't thinking of... Johnny sat down and pulled out his knife. We're going to cut our hair, and you're going to bleach yours. He looked at the ground carefully. They'll have our descriptions in the paper. We can't fit it. We can't fit them. Oh, no. My hand flew to my hair. No, Johnny, not my hair. <clears throat> it was my pride. It was long and silky, just like sodas, only a little redder. Or hair. Our hair was tough. We didn't have to use much grease on it. Our hair labeled us greasers, too. It was our trademark, the one thing we were proud of. Maybe we couldn't have Corvairs or Madras shirts, but we could have hair. We have to anyway if we got caught. You know the first thing the judge does is make you get a haircut. I don't see why, I said sourly. Daddy, Daddy could just as easily mug anybody with short hair. Daddy could just as easily mug somebody with short hair. I don't know either. It's just a way of trying to break us. They can't really do anything to guys like Curly, Shepard, or Tim. They've had about everything done to them, and they can't take anything away from them because they don't have anything in the first place. So they cut their hair. I looked at Johnny imploringly. Johnny sighed. I'm going to cut mine too and wash the grease out, but I can't bleach it. I'm too dark-skinned to look oaky Oaky blonde. Oh, come on, pony boy, he pleaded. I'll, I'll grow back. Okay, I said, wide-eyed. Get it over with. Johnny flipped out the razor edge of his switch, took hold of my hair, and started sawing on it. I shuddered. Not too short, I begged. Johnny, please. Finally, it was, all, it was over with. My hair looked funny, scattered over the floor in tufts. It's lighter than I thought it was. I said, examining it. Can I see what I look like now? No, Johnny said slowly, staring at me. We got to bleach it first. 
After I sat in the sun for 15 minutes to dry the bleach, Johnny let me look in the old cracked mirror we found in the closet. I did a double take. My hair was even lighter than soda pops. I never combed it to the side like that. It just didn't look like me. It made me look younger and scareder, too. Boy, howdy, I thought. This really makes me look tough. I look like this sort of really makes me look tough. I look like a blasted pansy. I was miserable. Johnny handed me the knife. He looked scared, too. Cut the front and thin out the rest. I'll comb it back after I wash it. Johnny, I said tiredly, you can't wash your hair in the freezing water in the weather. You'll get a cold. He only shrugged. Go ahead and cut it. I did the best I could. He went ahead and washed it anyway, using the bar of soap he'd bought. I was glad I had had to run away with him instead of with 2-Bit or Steve or Dally. That would be one thing they'd never think of, soap. I gave him Dally's jacket to wrap up in, and he sat shivering in the sunlight on the back steps, leaning against the door, combing his hair back. It was the first time I could see that he had eyebrows. He didn't look like Johnny. His forehead was wider where the, his bangs had been. It would have been fun if we hadn't been so scared. He was still shivering cold. I guess, he said weakly, I, I guess we're disguised. I leaned back next to him sullenly. I guess so. Oh, shoot, Johnny said with fake cheerfulness. It's just hair. Shoot, nothing, I snapped. It took me a long time to get the hair just the way I wanted it. And besides, this just ain't us. It's like being in a Halloween costume we can't get out of. Well, we got to get used to it, Johnny said with finality. We're in big trouble, and it's our looks its our looks or us. I started eating a candy bar. I'm still tired, I said. To my surprise, the ground blurred, and I felt tears running down my cheeks. I brushed them off hurriedly. Johnny looked as miserable as I felt. I'm sorry I cut your hair, pony boy. Oh, it ain't that, I said between the bites of chocolates. I mean, not all of it. I'm just a little spooky. I really don't know what's the matter. I'm just mixed up. I know, Johnny said through chattering teeth as he went inside. Things have been happening so fast. I put my arm across his shoulders to warm him up. Two-bit should have been in that little one-horse store. Man, we're in the middle. Two-bit should have been in that little one-horse store. Man, we're in the middle of nowhere. The nearest house is two miles away. Things were laying out wide open, just waiting for somebody slick like Two-bit to come and pick him up. He could have walked out with half the store. He leaned back beside me, and I could feel him trembling. Good old two-bit, he said in a quivering voice. He must have been as homesick as I was. Remember how I was? Remember how he was wisecracking last night, I said? Last night, just last night, we were walking Cherry and Marsha over to two-bits. Just last night, we were laying in the lot, looking up at the stars and dreaming. Stop it. Johnny gasped from between clenched teeth. Shut up about last night. I killed a kid last night. He couldn't have been over 17 or 18, and I killed him. How'd you like to live with that? He was crying. I held him like Soda had held him the day we found him lying in the lot. I didn't mean to, he finally blurted out, but they were drowning you, and I was so scared. He was quiet for a moment. There sure is a lot of blood in people. He got up suddenly, began pacing back and forth, slapping his pockets. What, you, what are we going to do? 
I was crying by then. It was getting dark and I was cold and lonesome. I closed my eyes and leaned my head back, but the tears came anyway. This is my fault, Johnny said in a miserable voice. He had stopped crying when I started for bringing a little 13-year-old kid along. You ought to go home. You can't get into any trouble. You didn't kill him. No, I screamed at him. I'm 14. I've been 14 for a month, and I'm in it as much as you are. I'll stop crying in a minute. I can't help it. He slumped down beside me. I didn't mean it like that, Pony Boy. Don't cry, Pony. We'll be okay. Don't cry. I leaned against him and bawled until I went to sleep. I woke up late, I woke up late that night. Johnny was resting against the wall, and I was asleep on his shoulder. Johnny, I yawned. You awake? I was warm and sleepy. Yeah, he said quietly. We ain't going to cry no more, are we? Nope. We're all cried out now. We're getting used to the idea. We're going to be okay. That's what I thought, I said drowsily. Then for the first time since Daly and I had sat down be behind those girls at the nightly double, I relaxed. We could take whatever was coming now. The next four or five days were the longest days I've ever spent in my life. We killed time by reading Gone with the Wind and playing poker. Johnny sure did like the book, although he didn't know anything about the Civil War and less about the plantations, and I had to explain a lot to him. It amazed me how Johnny could get more meaning out of some of that stuff in there than I could. I was supposed to be the deep one. Johnny had failed a year in school and never made good grades. He couldn't grasp anything that was shoved at him too fast, and I guess his teachers thought he was just playing dumb. But he wasn't. He was just a little slow to get things, and he liked to explore things once he, got to, once he did get them. He was especially stuck on the southern gentlemen, impressed with their manners and charm. I bet they were cool guys, he said, his eyes glowing after I had read the part about them riding into sure death because they were gallant. They remind me of Dally. Dally, I said, startled. Shoot, he ain't got any more manners than I do. And you saw how he treated those girls the other night. So does more like them southern boys. So does more like them southern boys. Yeah, in the manners bit and the charm too, I guess, Johnny said slowly. But one night I saw Dally getting picked up by the fuzz and he kept real cool and calm the whole time. They was getting him for breaking out the windows in the school building, and it was Tubit who did that, and Dally knew it. But he just looked—he just took the sentence without batting an eye or even denying it. That's gallant. That was the first time I realized the extent of Johnny's hero worship for Dally Winston. All of us was all of, of all of us. Dally was the one I liked least. He didn't have Soda's understanding or Dash or Tupit's humor or even Derry's Superman qualities. But I realized that these three appealed to me because they were like the heroes in the novels I read. Dally was real. I liked my books and Clouds and Sunset. Dally was so real, he scared me. Johnny and I never went to the front of the church. You could see the front from the you could see the front from the road, and sometimes farm kids rode their horses by on their way to the store. So we stood in the very back, usually sitting on the steps and looking across the valley. We could see for miles, see the ribbon of highway and the small dots that were houses and cars. We couldn't watch the sunset since the back fence, since the back faced east. 
but I love to look at the colors of the fields and the soft shadings of the horizon. One morning, I woke up earlier than usual. Johnny and I slept huddled together for warmth. Daddy had been right when he said it would get cold where we were going. Being careful not to wake Johnny up, I went to sit on the steps and smoke the cigarette. The dawn was coming up. The dawn was coming then. All the lower valley was covered with mist and sometimes little pieces of it broke off and floated away in small clouds. The sky was lighter in the east and the horizon was a thin golden line. The clouds changed from gray to pink and the mist was touched with gold. There was a silent moment when everything held its breath and then the sun rose. It was beautiful. Golly, Johnny's voice beside me made me jump. That sure was pretty. Yeah, I sighed, wishing I had some paint to do a picture with while the sight of was still fresh in my mind. The mist was what was pretty, Johnny said, all gold and silver. Mm-hmm, I said, trying to blow a smoke ring. Too bad it couldn't stay like that all the time. Nothing gold can stay. I was remembering a poem I had read once. Why? Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Johnny was staring at me. Where'd you learn that? That was what I meant. Robert Frost wrote it. He meant more to it. He he meant more to it than I'm getting though. I was trying to find the meaning the poet had in mind, but it eluded me. I always remembered it because I never quite got what it meant by it. You know, Johnny said slowly, slowly, I never noticed colors and clouds and stuff until you kept reminding me about them. It seems like they were never there before, he thought for a minute. Your family sure is funny. And what happens to be so funny about it, I, I asked stiffly. Johnny looked at me quickly. I didn't mean anything. I meant, well, soda kind of looks like your mother did, but he acts just exactly like your father. And there he is, a spitting image of your father, but he ain't wild and laughing all the time like he was. He acts like your mother, and you don't act like either one. I know, I said. Well... I said, thinking this over, you ain't like any of the gang. I mean, I couldn't tell Too Bit or Steve or even Derry about the sunrise and clouds and stuff. I couldn't even remember that poem around them. I mean, they just don't dig. Just you and Soda Pop and maybe Cherry Valance. Johnny shrugged. Yeah, he said with a sigh. I guess we're different. Shoot, I said, blowing a perfect smoke ring. Maybe they are. By the fifth day, I was so tired of bologna, I nearly got sick every time I looked at it. We had eaten all the candy bars in the first two days. I was dying for a Pepsi. I'm what you might call a Pepsi addict. I drank them like a fiend, and going for five days without one was, was about to kill me. Johnny promised to get some if we ran out of supplies and had to get some more, but that didn't help me right then. I was smoking a lot more there than I usually did, I guess because it was something to do, although Johnny warned me that I would get sick of smoking so much. 
We were careful with our cigarettes. If that old church ever caught fire, there'd be no stopping it. On the fifth day, I had read up to Sherman's siege of Atlanta in Gone with the Wind. Oh, old Johnny, 150 bucks from poker games, smoked two packs of camels, and as Johnny had predicted, got sick. I hadn't eaten anything all day, and smoking on an empty stomach doesn't make you feel real great. I curled up in a corner to sleep off the smoke. I was just about to sleep when I heard, as if from a great distance, a low, long whistle that went off in a sudden high note. I was too sleepy to pay any attention, although Johnny didn't have any reason to be whistling like that. He was sitting on the back steps trying to read Gone with the Wind. I had almost decided that I had dreamed that the outside world dreamed outside dreamed the outside world and there was nothing real but bologna sandwiches and the civil war and the old church and the mist in the valley. It seemed to me that I had always lived in the church or maybe lived during the civil war and had somehow got transplanted. That shows you what a wild imagination I have. A toe nudged me in the ribs. Glory, said a rough but familiar voice. He looks different with his hair like that. I rolled over and sat up, rubbing, rubbing the sleep out of my eyes and yawning. Suddenly I blinked. Hey, Dally. Hey, pony boy, he grinned down at me. Or should I slay sleeping beauty? I never thought I'd live to see the day when I would be so glad to see Dally Winston. But right then he meant one thing contact with the outside world, and it suddenly became real and vital. How's soda pop? Are the fuzz after us? Is Derry all right? Do the boys know where we are? What? Hold on, kid, Dally broke in. I can't answer everything at once. You two want to do go, you two want to go get something to eat first? I skipped breakfast and I'm about to, and I'm about starved. You're starved? Johnny was so indignant, he nearly squeaked. I remember the baloney. Is it safe to go out, I asked eagerly. Yep, Dally searched his shirt pocket for a cigarette and finding none said, got a cancer stick, Johnny cake. Johnny tossed him a whole package. The fuzz won't be looking for you around here, Dally said, lighting up. They think you've left, you lit out of Texas. I've got Buck Teesbird parked down the road a little way. Gosh, Amity, boys, ain't you been eating anything? Johnny looked startled. Yeah, whatever you gave, whatever gave you the idea, we ain't. Dally shook his head. You're both pale and you lo you've lost weight. After this, get out into the sun more. You look like you've been through the mill. I started to say, look who's talking, but decided it wouldn't be safe to, it wouldn't, it would be safer not to. Dally needed a shave. A stubble of colorless beard covered his jaw, and he looked like he was the one who had been sleeping in his clothes for a week instead of us. I knew he hadn't seen a barber in months, but it was safer not to get mouthy with Dally Winston. Hey, pony boy, he fumbled with a piece of paper in his back pocket. I got a letter for you. A letter? From who? The president, of course. Stupid, it's from Soda. Soda Pop? I said, bewildered. But how did he know? He came over to Bucks a couple of days ago for something and found the sweatshirt. I told him I didn't know where you were, but he didn't believe me. He gave me this letter and half his paycheck to give to you. Kid, you ought to see Derry. He's taking this mighty hard. I wasn't listening. I leaned back against the side of the church and read, Pony Boy. 
Well, I guess you got into some trouble, huh? Derry and me nearly went nuts when you ran out like that. Derry's awful sorry he hit you. You know he didn't mean it. And then you and Johnny turned up missing and what with that dead kid in the park and Dally getting hauled into the station well, it scared us something awful. The police came by to question us, and we told them as much as we could. I can't believe little old Johnny could kill somebody. I know Dally knows where you are, but you know him. He keeps his trap shut and won't tell any, won't tell nothing. Derry hasn't got the slightest notion where you're at, and it's nearly killing him. I wish you'd come back and turn yourselves in, but I guess you, you can't since Johnny might get hurt. You sure are famous. You got a paragraph in the newspaper even. Take care and say hi to Johnny for us. He could improve his spelling, I thought, after reading it through three or four times. How come you got hauled in, I asked Dally. Shoot, kid, he grinned woof, woofishly. Them boys at the station know me by now. I get hauled in for everything that happens in our turf. While I was there, I kind of let it slip that you all were heading for Texas. So that's where they're looking. He took a drag of his cigarettes and crushed it good-naturedly for, for not being a cool. Johnny listened in admiration. You sure can cuss good, Dally. Sure can, Dally agreed wholeheartedly, proud of his vocabulary. But don't you kids get to picking up my bad habits. He gave me a hard rub on the head. Kid, I swear it don't look like you with your hair all cut off. It used to look tough. You and Soda had the coolest looking hair in town. I know, I said sourly. I look lousy, but don't rub it in. Do you all want something to eat or not? Johnny and I leaped up. You'd better believe it. Gee, Johnny said wistfully. It sure will be good to get into a car again. Well, Dally drawled. I'll give you a ride for your money. Dally always did like to drive fast as if he didn't care what he got where he was, as if he didn't care whether he got to where he was going or not. And we came down the red dirt road off Jay Mountain doing 85. I liked the fast driving, and Johnny was crazy about drag races, but we both got a little green around the gills when Dally took a corner on two wheels with the brakes screaming. Maybe it was just because we hadn't been in a car for so long. We stopped at a Dairy Queen, and the first thing I got was a Pepsi, and I gorged on barbecue sandwiches and banana splits. Glory, Dallas said, amazed, watching us gulp the stuff down. You don't need to make like every mouthful to your last. I got plenty of money. Take it easy. I don't want you getting sick on me. And I thought I was, and I thought I was hungry. Johnny merely ate faster. I didn't slow down until I got a headache. I didn't tell y'all something, Dally said, finishing his third hamburger. The socials and us are having an all-out warfare all over the city. The kid you kill had plenty of friends, and all, of, and all over town, it's socials against Greece. We can't walk alone at all. I started carrying a heater. Dally, I said, friend, you kill people with heaters. You kill, you, you kill them with a switchblade, too, don't you, kid? Dally said in a hard voice. Johnny gulped. Don't worry, Dally went on. It ain't loaded. I ain't aimed it to I ain't aiming to get picked up for murder, but it sure does help a buff. Tim Shepard's gang and our outfit are having it out with the socials tomorrow night at a vacant lot. We got hold of the president of one of their social clubs and had a war council. Yeah. 
Daly sighed, and I knew he was remembering New York, just like the good old days. If they win things, go on as usual. If we do, they stay out of our territory, but good. Tubit got jumped a few days ago. Derry and me came along in time, but he wasn't having too much trouble. Tubit's a good fighter. Hey, I didn't tell you guys we got us a spy. A spy? Johnny looked up from his banana split. Who? That good-looking broad I tried to pick up that night you liked at the Soch. The redhead, Cherry, what's her name? 